Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. So, hey, Phil, talk to me, talk a little bit about your daily practices that help you kind of find, tap into that balance. That's a great question. Um, the main thing about this is everyone is successful in some area. For me, it was fitness, but my finances took a hit. You have so many, you have people who are book smart and, you know, know how to make all their money, but don't allow time for their health. Their health started to decline. So what I did, um, one of the practices is um, I call it shared discipline. So for me, I can get up at four or five o'clock in the morning run, work out while everybody sleep, discipline, listening to music, get it done for a couple of hours. So what I did was I flipped it. I can, I mastered fitness and nutrition, but now I had to work for it. So I made me working out a treat. You don't get to work out unless you do the projects on your business side. I love that. Wow. So now I'm waking up four or five o'clock in the morning doing the business first, reading the books that I need to read first, doing the things that I set uh, and wrote down the, the, the day before, the week before that needs to get done. If that don't get done, I don't treat myself with an exercise. Wow. I love what a flip. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. So it, uh, for me, getting up in the morning and for a lot of people, you know, that's when you that the most alert and your mind is fresh. Once I started doing that, then that that paradigm shift hit, and it was it was just yeah. easy from that. Do you allow? Do you allow, like, allow a specific amount of time for that to happen, and you and then you go do your exercise, or what do you do? Well, um, I don't allow a set time. It's by project. Oh, okay. it's by projects. So for me, I'll tell a, I'll tell a person in a minute. I don't work out past nine o'clock. 10 o'clock. This is something that I, I, I trained myself to do, not work out in the afternoons or evenings or something like that. But if I have a project, that project gets done. And now even that mindset has shifted. So now I'm working out in the afternoons a little bit and that type of thing, because I now I get to treat myself. I get to treat myself to something that I'm strong in, because that's never going to go away if I'm strong in it. But I make myself um, uh, do the financial piece. Uh, and it starts with, um, you know, every morning starts with the, the, the meditation before I even get into that. Um, and and that's what I'm trying to 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 um, to put out there is that if constant if you concentrate on these four areas daily, it'll be a massive shift in your whole thing, because it's, it's, it's so, so important. All, all four. And I know um, I got the question a while back saying, um, 
uh, how come uh, relationships aren't part of your quadrant? Building relationships, sustaining relationships. And I say it absolutely is because it all stems from the mindset. You get you right first, you'll be what you need for everybody else. And if you, and if you, think, of, if you think of most stress, like I said, it's not an end-all, tell-all. But if you think of most stress, it comes from one of those quadrants. People are going through financial stress. People, people are not, um, so many people are not disciplined enough um, to just focus on a goal. I know everyone said goals, 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 but it literally, if you have a goal in mind and then you make an action towards it, you're writing it down and every single day going towards it, that shift will happen. And of course, taking care of your body and eating. Right? So t- talk about um, how the nutritional component, um, what, what would people benefit from hearing from understanding how to incorporate uh, balanced nutrition into as part of the four quadrants? All right. So one thing I learned about nutrition is that people overthink it. People overthink it. I get all the time, um, what should I eat? What should I eat? Is this healthy? Should I eat this? But when it comes to nutrition and uh, how I apply in the four quadrants, it's how you eat. Not the what's, it's the how's. So most people are are doing something far worse than not eating healthy. They're doing something far worse. And and most of it is timing. Nine out of 10 people are under eating. Yeah, that's what you told me. That was was earth shattering to me when you told me that a couple of weeks ago. You said most people overtrain and under eat. Yes. That sounds like glorious news if that's true to me. (laughs) I will gladly take that news. I hope I'm one of those. Let me me touch on it a bit. All right. You have all of these diets out here, all of these, you know, this and eat that and this is not healthy. But um, calories, carbs, all of these things are based on energy expenditure. So if I got someone who's 350 pounds and they work out six days a week, and I have the elite athlete that does Spartan races and stuff, chances are both of them are under eating because of how they expend energy. So um, we live in a society where they tell us to work out more and eat less. And people are literally frying their metabolisms where it's hard to recover because they're not getting enough food throughout the course of the day to match their energy. So does that make them tired? It can make you tired. It can make you cranky. It can make uh, it is harder to lose uh, body fat. It's it, wow. it can lead to so many things when you're you're doing it. Uh, and that's why I think most people should seek guidance from a professional when it comes to their nutrition, because we live in a society where it's just so much information. You can Google something and it's like. I heard this about keto. I'm going keto tomorrow. That's the thing. I feel like there's always, there's always, like we live in an age where you're going to find the answer you want, right? So if I want to look up like 
you know, I want to, I want this diet or I want to follow this diet. You're going to find the proof that that's the right thing for you. I think that's what, that's what I'm sensing so much in this conversation is like, it's so rare that, I mean, you know, that we, like when you, you were shared Phil about like when you were needing to get things together with your finances, you reached out to people who like knew about finances, right? Like it was something where you actually went to a person. (laughs) I mean, imagine that we go to a person who's trained in that to get that result. That's, that seems so obvious. And yet so much of the time, well, most I don't people know don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Most people are just like, I'll just get stuck in my own little silo, which is our Google search. Yeah. I'll figure um, it out kind of thing. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me. I love, I love hearing about the nutritional piece because I think <laughs> it really is kind of, it, it really does kind of shift our perspective about it. Well, I, I think that's, I think that's like, that is spirituality. Like as we're talking about all this stuff and everything, I could hear a listener maybe go like, what does this have anything to do about my spirit? And I'm like, this is everything to do with your, everything to do with this is true because like, I think what the biggest thing about your inner work is, is being able to change your perspective on something and being able to like, see it in a different way. Like when you were talking about like using your fitness as, okay, I'm, I'm going to like reshift my day now to where that becomes like the, you know, that's the thing I love. That's the thing I'm locked into. So I get to do that after I've done all of these things. Like that's a, it's a, um, a big, small shift. And I love the idea of like a big, small, there's like this, this, uh, great story I've heard of, uh, it's like a fictional story, but it's like a guy goes in for an interview and the boss it's a sales interview and the boss like really wants to like kind of fry this kid who's coming in for the interview. doesn't want to hire him. So he's like, I'm just going to like, you know, mess with him. And uh, he takes a trash can. He lights up two cigars, one for him, one for the kid, gives the kid a cigar and, uh, and sell, Oh, I'm sorry. He he pulls out a glass of water and he says, sell me this glass of water right here. And there's a trash can sitting right next to the, uh, the, uh, the desk and the kid very calmly walks over, takes his cigar, throws a cigar in the trash can, the trash can lights on fire. And then he asks, would you like to buy this glass of water? <laughs> and, and what, what, what he does there is it's not like this, like, it's not like he has to convince the boss in any like crazy metaphysical, theological, translatable way for him to go buy that trash can. He creates a need, right? He mm-hmm. creates something that like now there's urgency to this. And I love like your, your shift idea of taking the thing that you love to do and putting it somewhere else because what that says is you and you mentioned this like that was something you were addicted to right that was right. something that like i feel stress around that i'm putting too much emphasis on this yes. so it made it like not an evil thing but something that's good that now i do like in a different way and it's a shift and that's and that's yeah. what spiritual the spiritual work is all about it's shifting perspective right yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I, the whole nutrition thing is one of those things where we all we all are a very unique machine, and nutrition needs to be tailored to your your industry and your lifestyle. So, if someone has let's say fifteen hundred calories, and this person is a police officer, and this person is a school teacher. That 1,500 calories calories need to be set differently because of their challenges throughout the course of the day. Food is about timing. So before before I uh, design nutrition plans for anyone, I'll ask this one question. 
Um, do you eat breakfast? A lot of people don't eat breakfast. I said, okay, I want you to go back, go home and for a week, I want you to eat breakfast and eat this for one week. You eat breakfast one more week, then we can go on the nutrition plan. Because if a person doesn't eat breakfast, you have the, a, a, a lot of the one meal people out there and just, you know, uh, just so many ways of eating, you know, every nutrition plan in the world is going to start with breakfast. So I want to, I would, I want discipline first and then just get the timing, get the time, especially when it comes to how many times a person work out. Now it may be a little different for sedentary lifestyles, but it goes to my point that it needs to be custom tailored for every single person. Right. Even if it's small things. Mm-hmm. Some, people, some people eat a certain way and they really don't need to change anything. They just need to mm-hmm. maybe up their calories a bit. Mm-hmm. You know? And What's, yeah. Go ahead. What would you say is like the most common mistake not I, would, I don't want to frame this like a super negative way but like what's the the most common thing you see with like nutrition stuff that you see people going and doing that you're like oh boy if i could change one <laughs> one common habit that you just see over and over again is it breakfast is it is it something else that's that's super common or is it kind of unique to each each person uh, uh, it probably be it will probably go back to the it would probably go back to the under eating Mm. It probably will go back to under, and so many people do, and I, I see it every single day. And it's like, okay, tell me what you're eating. And it's like, why are you eating 1,200 calories when your BMR says you should be doing 2,200 calories? Uh, because I want to lose weight. So, um, you know what? I'll add something else to that. The one of the biggest problems is people getting on the scale, on a scale, and they're freaking out. A scale determines two things, whether something's going up or whether something goes down. It don't determine the science behind it. The science. It may be a certain time of the month. It may be water weight. Or you might be working out so hard that you burn it into your muscle. So someone someone to step on the scale, like, oh, I lose weight. I lost weight, or rather. And then it's like, well, well, you did these cardio-based classes for six days a a week and you ate a thousand calories, you probably burned your muscle too. You probably burned into your muscle too. Yeah. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. If you know, um, because you know, I'm very wary of our, our listeners out there. And, you know, and when, when we start to throw out words, like most people are under eating, um, a lot of times people will go, Oh my God, I need to be eating more. Food. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, and so what, because that, that's, that's where people go, you know, they don't want to really do the work around it and explore whether they, or they may not have the resources to mm-hmm. kind of talk to a professional nutritionist. And so how would they know if they were under eating or uh, how, how would you know if you were somebody that didn't really have the means to, to hire, you know, somebody, I, so I, and I have two questions. Um, you know, in my experience with the work that I do, I find there's a big relationship between people's diet and their emotional well-being. 
I was about um, to say their anxiety because I've seen anxiety. that a lot too. I, I get right? a lot of people that come into my office with high levels of anxiety and um, they I'm talking to them at noon or something and they get up at six or seven o'clock in the morning and they haven't, you know, they've had, a, you know, several cups of coffee or they've had, um, uh, you know, a, a big hunk of sugar or smoked a bunch of cigarettes or whatever and they can't figure out why they have anxiety. And so, um, and usually what I do, and I'm not a professional nutri nutritionist, but I also, I also am able to tap into a, a trend that I see with people with high anxiety, because a lot of times people with high anxiety don't eat breakfast. <laughs> and, and, and so it, it is kind of a thread um, running through. And it seems to be, I, I've seen that change when people start eating a little bit. And so if you could talk to those those two situations um, about under eating and how would people know if they're under eating and so that we're not giving people permission to gorge themselves and have some kind of a balance that they can learn on their own, just as a, like a rule of thumb. And then maybe talk about the relationship between um, various foods or or timing of meals. One, the other thing that happens a lot that I see too is people have a tendency to eat at nine or 10 o'clock at night and then they go to bed and wonder why they can't sleep. Uh, but you've ultimately just given your body a lot of work to do. Right. <laughs> you're expecting that you're going to be able to relax while your body was just given uh, a hell of a lot of work to do. <laughs> right. That's a fantastic question. All right. So my experience with the under eating uh, comes from the people who are working out regularly. Is that's where my experience, most of my experience come from. So remember how I mentioned it may be a little bit different for sedentary lifestyles. And once you make that transition into the fitness world, then there are a lot of tools and resources that a person who can hire a nutritionist or, or a personal trainer can find out. Um, those are one of the things that maybe you, you should Google. It's like, hey, I'm working out this many times, uh, and there are, there are a lot of BMR calculators uh, um, and all of that on the internet that you can kind of push some numbers in, and they give you a pretty much a ballpark of the calories that you should be eating. If you can't get to a, a professional or a nutritionist or personal trainer or something like that, but I would take it. I would start even uh, before that. Think about the concept of moderation in general or the concept of just, just starting somewhere. If you think about exercise, uh, it's about, hey, taking a jump, how can I get to my goals as fast as possible when all it takes is walking around the block? Same thing with nutrition. I just think it should be one of those things where we know in the back of our mind the difference between something that's healthy and the difference between something that isn't as healthy. And it's like just knowing in yourself, hey, I need to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, maybe a couple of healthy snacks in between. If everyone start there, uh, uh, that would uh, have those challenges. That will help you make the transition because a lot you literally start feeling uh, better instantly. And then it'll be that hunger. It'll be that just that that um, like, man, I want more. Because now you just started this new regimen. 
And it, it's just it's just about the basics. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, a couple of healthy right. snacks in between. And um, uh, the other piece, um, that was more of a, you, you were talking about the psychological component behind maybe overeating because you're dealing with certain things, right? Well, I, I, I think I'm really talking about the emotional impact uh, of, you know, not eating at a certain time or waiting too long to eat. I mean, again, I think this, you know, when we deny our body some of the nutrients, if we're, say, for example, we have a fairly active lifestyle and, um, and we don't give our body the nutrients or the timing of nutrients, we go for long periods of time without eating. It, there's an emotional uh, component, anxiety, um, uh, sleeplessness. It, it causes us to not feel very good about who we are. And a lot of times we don't really realize that some of those difficult emotions can be exacerbated by the kind of foods that we're eating, high sugar. Uh, you know, if we're, again, if we're, you know, on the keto diet and denying ourselves a lot of carbs, I think we have to expect that our energy is going to be a little bit lower, right? Absolutely. It's about trying to not go extreme, understanding that we need to start somewhere and we have to crawl before we walk. Everyone, everyone has the sense of, of the basic knowledge of something healthy. If we just adapt the fact that, hey, I know I need to eat breakfast. I know it needs to be lower in fat, lower in cholesterol. I know this. Let me just start here and just discipline myself for the meals throughout the course of the day. And then that's when that shift will happen. That's where, that, that's where it'll come because most people know what you said, Richard, that um, um, they shouldn't eat after a certain period of time. I, I just think a lot of people should trust the fact that they do know a lot more than they think they do. And then some people, some people have to have that, you know, how you have to have, um, we need coaches in certain areas, um, but we still know the basics before we get to that coach or before we get to that. So I think if it's someone struggling financially, or I wouldn't say struggling financially, but just not in a position to hire a coach or whatever, um, is, is one of those things that just have to shift in their brain of the knowledge they already know. And let me discipline myself here first as I make this transition. And I think that'll help a lot of people out. We don't have to jump. We don't have to jump. I love that. I think too, because you, I, one of my the favorite lines that you threw out is you got to learn to crawl before you walk, and I, I that just, I think that's going to open the door and free so many people because I, I myself included, if I'm thinking about starting anything, whether it's getting in shape or you know learning a new language, I don't care what it is. You often we get this all or nothing thinking where it's like, oh well, if I don't if I don't do it all perfectly from the jump, then what's the point, you know? And I think, I think a lot of these diets, I mean, now that I'm thinking of it, like kind of the mindset is like, you know, shift everything <laughs> to this, only this, and then everything's going to change. Right. And so much of life was like, that's not true. Like <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. And I think that like long-term stuff, we often forget that like, it's a slow, like just start, just start with something, start small, roll into big. Yeah. Yeah. 
if we use the if we use the concept that's been used um, in business, what does everyone who tries to teach teach in finance and business, or if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, everyone says the same thing that you have to fail. You have to fail before you win. It's it's the same thing with it with uh, nutrition and fitness. The only thing that will help you prevail is consistency. That's it. That's it. You can try. You can try a few things, and uh, if it doesn't work, just keep at it. Dude, I think that's that's so true. And I mean, we could just we just snip that, and then we're good. Because <laughs> yeah. that's that's like in in sobriety. You know, I mean, myself in early sobriety, Richard, with like, you know, guru status 30 years, like, but it's true. It's, I mean, and you can speak more to this, Richard, but for me, it's, I I thought I needed to find some secret sauce or some like, you know, secret thing that I, that everyone else was getting that I wasn't. And really what it came down to was just like, show up. Yeah. Show up and, and consistently I, I, show I think, up. And yeah. And I think this goes back to the values, you know, it's like, we talk a lot about the values as being. Um, like, who am I? And, and if I see myself as somebody who's a consistent human being, uh, I, I'm developing, you know, habits that, uh, that are either going to be healthy habits or not healthy habits, you know, and, and we continue to develop them. And, and over time, we start to see um, the results of those healthy habits, whether it's dietary, whether it's fitness, whether it's finances, whether it's, you know, honoring the daily meditation practice that we do or, or, or whatever. And I think um, it's just, to me, I think really it's about finding, you know, what, what we want for ourselves and consistently working towards it, you know, and that's whether it's dietary and that's, you know, it's not easy for everybody to do, but if, if, if it's important for us to have a healthy diet and feel good in our body, which is spiritual, if you ask me, if you want your finances to be healthy and, and strong, and if you want your fitness to be healthy and strong, and if you want to be spiritually healthy and strong, it will require consistent behavior. I think consistency too results in resiliency. So consistency Mm -hmm. results Mm -hmm. in resiliency, because like, I think one of the things Richard said on uh, we did an episode on on his thirty years and how that happened and how he got there. And one of the most profound things for me was, um, you know, he he said my life doesn't like look like I thought it would look like, but and this was the key. He said, but I can get through anything, and I think that's the that's the biggest thing. It's like when we're consistent, we're building up this ability to get through whatever you know, and like I think that works on a on a fitness level, on a finance level, for all those quadrants, if we're working on consistency in those, when life comes our way, <laughs> we have the the reps in to be able to go, oh, I can handle this. You know, it's, it's not like the end of the world, which for a lot of us, whenever like a little thing falls off on the balance thing, our bike is tipping over, right? Because we're not, we're not actually balanced. We're overcompensating in other areas and that, you know, that and can I, feel. It's one wild. of the, it's one of the great monastic qualities that goes back centuries and centuries and they say whenever you fall off the mark just begin again just begin again absolutely begin again absolutely and and that's what we do i do have a specific question that i want to ask you and um i know we're going on and on and on but this is so (laughs) fascinating having you on here it's it's really good i um so much great information talk a little bit about um 
um, because I, I, I see some people who focus on cardio and then I see some people who focus on muscle building and weight training. And uh, what I'd like to have you talk a little bit about would be, you know, finding a balance between the two, because I know that some people focus exclusively on cardio and some, and I, that's, I think, I think that's a really important thing to recognize. And I, I, uh, because I, um, I see that a lot in the people that I work with. And I, I think there's, um, uh, how we feel about ourselves uh, is going to come from a healthy, full picture view uh, of what the physical body will benefit from. I mean, you guys are asking so many great questions. I can cry because I was just talking, <laughs> I was just talking about this earlier today. Uh, someone was asking, we were talking about group training classes and uh, they wanted my opinion on it. So it's, it's, it falls in line with the question you just asked me. Um, so just say high intensity group classes, that's most cardio based, right? People tend to compartmentalize, put all workouts in a box, mm -hmm. all workouts in a box. But m those workouts may not be conducive to personal goals. I get this all the time. I get, hey, why didn't I lose weight? I worked out five times a week. Okay. But it's working out is kind of like a nutrition. You know how nutrition has to be set and timing and it's specific to the individual. And in some cases, uh, that's the way workouts are too. Because we got to think about your body type, genetics, all of those things play a role in fitness. So uh, you might have an individual that says, um, hey, I want to build muscle and uh, burn body fat. But they do a group training class or they're running or they're doing cardio-based workouts for five days a week when they're not actually lifting weights. You know? So um, you said it, you said it, you hit it right on the head, Richard, when you said balance. The best type of workouts or a balanced workout regimen. And what we have to understand about the fitness industry, anyone who sells a regimen, they are trying to sell their product. So if someone says, if someone has a, a group training class of five days a week and you want to sign up for five days a week, they're not going to say, well, wait a minute, aren't you trying to build muscle? I only recommend you do this two or three days a week. And then you go, they're not going to say that. Everyone's trying to make their money. So what, what, what people need to understand is that the best type of uh, exercise is the balance, the cardio, the weight training, the stretching and flexibility, maybe some yoga. And then uh, I, I put meditation in with those uh, three as well. And that's how you, that's how you balance it. Because if you, if you fall into one category, more than likely, Unless you're a genetically gifted individual, which I've seen some people, I've seen some people, not 90% of people, but I've seen some people who only run and you'd be like, oh my God, I mean, you, are you in the gym every day and just got muscles popping out everywhere? I've, that's only 10% of people. Yeah. But most of us, we need to find a balance 
in, in order to um, uh, pretty much get to our goals. And, and plus, we also have to know what those goals are. It goes, it, goes, it goes back to misinformation. It goes back to we have so much information. And I just think that um, um, and it comes down to maybe a coach or someone that has experience in it. Because if someone is selling a program, they're selling a program. It's not yeah. a workout program. And they might not have your best interest in, in Exactly. You know, I, I hate to say this. I think that's the same. You could take that the same in the spiritual world. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that That is what it means to, like, I hate to say that. Like, and this could be, we might get some hate mail for this, but th- that's what a lot of religion can look like, right? Like it's, this that's is what your, a lot of drug and alcohol treatment can look that's like. That's what too. a lot of drug and alcohol. Yep. Yep. It might yeah, not work I, for everybody. It's, it's like, it's a regimen and it, that it's a really good way to put that. It's, it's a regimen. It's something that's set out and they're trying to sell that. So it makes sense that they're just trying to kind of funnel as many people through that as they can. And you might get some good results out of that. And I think that's the same as like a workout regimen. You might get some great results out of that, but is it for you? Right. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying for you. Is it going right? to do to your personal goals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not personal. Yeah. yeah it's, not it's, per- it's, yeah, because oh my God, none I of this exists. It. None of this exists without people. None yeah. of it exists, no matter what program it is. None of it exists. So I run into people all the time where uh, I can literally say, hey, change out your workout routines a little bit. And I don't want to I don't want to pinpoint a certain type of training. But all group. All class. Right. If, if if you think of group training, it's can do. It's it's one of those things that's about camaraderie, accountability, right. and all of those things. A group get together, we're working out together. That's great. You're keeping me motivated. But are you doing too much cardio? Mm-hmm. Are you doing too much heavy lifting for mm-hmm. your body type? These are the things that people need to. You know, um, like I said, the consistency is great. It, uh, it's, it's good for longevity, but if you have a personal goal and you're literally looking in the mirror saying, hey, I want this to change or that to change, or I want to get faster, I want to get stronger, maybe a little bit of um, um, experimenting with some other things. This might be a really cool way to, to wrap up our conversation here, Phil. What, what you mentioned meditation. And that, of course, like our listeners are, our listeners are going to know what, you know, kind of me and Richard think about that. But from your perspective, from like a, a balance perspective and a fitness perspective, how does meditation fit in there for you? And, and what does that look like for you? Well, um, I literally feel better when I map out my days in my head and, mm-hmm. uh, and do a little deep breathing with it. It may be small. It may not be something you can feel right away, like a push up. But it's one of those things that will work. I like to go out in the morning and just inhale and exhale, do some deep breathing, um, uh, some finger tapping and uh, all of those things. And I literally say to myself how I want my day to go. Uh, I have this chant that I do when I'm walking down the street. Um, and I like to go out before the sun comes out when the air is cool and everything. I have this chant before I start any of my meditation. Um, uh, in, in, anytime I um, get into that zone, I say to myself, illness, disease, and injury 
will not exist inside or outside of his body. And I say that five times. Illness is his injury. Repeat that again a little bit slower. Uh, illness, disease, and injury will not exist inside or outside of this body. I do that while finger tapping and doing some deep breathing. Mm. Four times in, four times out, illness, disease, and injury will not exist inside or outside of this body. I start mm. with that. Uh, and then after that, I literally say uh, to myself, uh, how I want my day to go mm. and uh, how I want my week to go. And then I want um, a projection for the future. Now, when I was doing all of this financial stuff, when I was getting things um, uh, on the roll with that, everything that I projected out literally happened. It literally mm -hmm. happened because I attracted it from the meditation piece, uh, from the deep breathing, from speaking it into existence, from writing it down, and then taking action. It all happened. So whatever a person's vice is, it, 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 they can, you know, if it's fitness or nutrition, if they use those strategies, those, those tactics, that would be huge. Hmm. What I what I hear in that, which is so beautiful, is it's a combination. And it's, again, I think everything you've talked about today has been balanced, right? Like it's, it's, balanced, yes. it's a combination between contemplation and action. Like mm -hmm. that, that those two things need each other. Otherwise, we're all in action and we're just going to be like blowing through things. Right. <laughs> or we're all in contemplation. We're not getting anything done. But I think you starting out with this really intentional contemplation of setting my intention for the day. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating to myself this beautiful phrase that all of that is going to point towards the right action, right? Like you're just, you're sort of honing, you're tuning the instrument for the day <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This has been phenomenal. Phil, thank you. You have done an awesome job. I mean, there's so many things that we put out there. Phil, t tell us what your company is again. Tell us how people would contact you, how they would access, how they would access you if they needed to. Uh, well, uh, my company is called Breakthrough Health Connection, and um, say, say it slower. Say it slower. Uh, breakthrough, <laughs> like a <laughs> Breakthrough Health Connection. Okay, great. That's the name of my company. That's www.breakthrough-h is in health, c is in connection. dot com. Um, uh, people can also find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Mr. Phil Fitness with two L's at Mr. Phil fitness with two L's. Um, I'm, I'm literally doing a relaunch to my social media with breakthrough health connection. Um, so people can find a lot of material, a lot of stuff uh, that we talked about here. Uh, I have coaching on there. Uh, people can call me, uh, reach out to me for financial coaching, for personal training, virtual training, uh, and all of these things. And, um, I just hope people find that balance.